Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. We got Todd on speakerphone. Anyone out there going to guess where Vance is? Front of the Ranger. That's right. He is uh, joined in the front of the Ranger with a bunch of boxes. Um, we got a bunch of reels. I got some scope boxes for Vance's new gun, my new gun. I got some baits that are going to be going to Canada soon. Nice. Nice. Love it. Dan Columby. He's going to, as soon as I get those ones over there all cleared up, he's going to be, his order will be complete. So if Dan's listening, he just got an update. There you go. Um, podcast brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products. Uh, like Fatty Z Muskie on Facebook, Fatty Z Muskie Products, fattyzmuskie.com. It's also brought to you by Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides on Facebook, or... Become a friend of Todd's on Facebook. Todd Young. Look him up. He will... You share just about everything that you that you post on Muddy Creek. You're more, a little more active on Todd Young, aren't you? Yeah, I, uh, I, I haven't been doing a lot right now. I mean, it's the off-season. I have not been doing all that much, but I try to put it on there. And uh, I just shared over Todd Young, Muddy Creek, share the same stuff. I don't get any... any no personal information or anything. You know, just business stuff. Business stuff, fishing stuff. That's what I'd like to get into. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like the off-season, and I haven't really posted anything in over a month. Um, but this is the time. It's winter net. It's starting to get yeah. nasty out, and we really should be a little more current on the information. But I can tell you this. Instagram is current. Heck yeah, because I run it. That's right. Not some slather yeah, like me. Vance is all over that stuff. That's right. <laughs> promotion, promotion, promotion. <laughs> Are you asking us for a promotion? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to promote Vance here shortly. Yeah. <laughs> One Mitch a week. One Mitch a week? Yeah. When you wear your Mitch out, you'll come get a new one. It could happen in a week. It could. <laughs> it could. Uh, I got a quick fishing report. Um... I wish, now what day was it? December 26th, day mm. after Christmas. I wish I would have taken my boat out. It didn't it? What was the conditions? Um, main body of water, not good. Where I wanted to fish, eh, a 6 out of 10. Was it raining? No, no. it was before the rain. Yeah. Because I... that was Saturday. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, I, I had a brief couple hour window that I could sneak in and I had a bunch of baits to paint, but I also wanted to go fishing real quick, a quick bank yank. And uh, we got some squirrels again. Mm. <laughs> Our low budget podcast. Low we, budget. Pick up, we pick up a lot of sounds, that's all. We do. The mics are sensitive. Yeah. Um, so... I get to my spot, and I'm I you know when I'm getting there, I, I can kind of see down the road. And I'm like, I always say, please no cars, please no cars, please no cars. And I round this little corner, and I get there, and I'm like, all right, no one's parked in the normal spot. But I'm like, crap, who's that casting? And I look, and I'm like, it's a girl. Mm. I'm like, what? I I pull over, and there's like a, a a little car parked on the other side, you know, of of the area there, and. I get out, I'm like, who could this be? 
So anyways, I, I hop out, full like a full camo bib, you know, it wasn't like it was 80 degrees out and they were, you know, sunbathing and stuff, but... So you're approaching this girl in... No, I haven't, I haven't even got out of the car Stealthy yet. clothes. Well, she was in camo. She okay. was stealth. I was okay. in a flannel that was all Man. ripped up and... Anyways, but it's, it's not that far. It's like a 40-yard walk. Anyways, I get out of the car and I'm like this is weird. It's just a girl fishing. And not that there's anything wrong with that. It's Ooh. just, but it's, I've never seen just right. a girl fishing in this spot. And then here comes around the, the, there's some trees planted around the trees. I'm like, I know who you are instantly. I know them. They, I don't think they recognized me because I was dressed a little bit different than whatever. But I'd say that they're very well-known musky fishermen. They've made musky hunter many times. They fished with a lot of the big names. And I know, I'm like, oh, they're not going to recognize me. They're going to think I'm just some homeless guy with the way I'm dressed. In a bib. I wasn't in bibs. I was in my, my work jeans. Okay. Though. And um, kind of when I got... in your standard outfit, the work jeans and the gray sweatshirt? Yes, but they couldn't tell the gray sweatshirt because my... Flannel, little zip-up flannel coat, <laughs> the one that's yeah. should have been burned five years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that I actually, one. like, I have a set of, like, pockets for your hands, but because yeah. it's it's ripped so badly, yeah. I can actually stuff stuff in, like, the liner area. Oh, wow. I will lose things. I'm like, I, they're not in my pocket. You can re-insulate them. I could. I could line them. it up. No, the, this is... This is one of those things that, like, I, if I wasn't holding on to it, I would blow away in the wind. I'd never see it. It's, it's just so tattered. <laughs> and it's this one, right? Oh, here. yeah. I've seen that before. You've oh, yeah. definitely. This should be on a, uh, you know, like a Halloween hobo scarecrow thing uh, out in your front yard <laughs> yeah. for decoration. Look, I found bubble wrap there in the go. liner. Insulation. Insulation. I'm, I'm getting there. So, anyways. So, <laughs> naturally, they start throwing change at you. They feel bad for you. Well, that they did after I I, I brought out my uh, my guitar and I Your started team. playing it. Okay, nice. I, I had to first put out the the hat. Yeah, always hustling. I am, you know. So, um, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of a weird thing. I'm wearing my lacrosse boots, my work jeans. They're dirty. This beat up flannel, and I'm wearing my Costas. Yeah. <laughs> my, my sunglasses, my three hundred dollars sunglasses. Oh my God. I have. My old Carhartt beanie on. I'm walking with a Tranks and a Legend tournament. Yeah. They, I, they must think I'm a hipster. Yeah. And love it. So, anyways, I, I I see where they're at, and they were they were fishing the spots that I said I would like to fish there first. But out of respect, I went as far down to where I felt comfortable. And apparently, I must have either timed it correctly or they just wanted out of there because they didn't want to be mugged. <laughs> because I didn't make one cast and they were packing it up. Really? Yep. And so anyways, they they weren't packing it like to go home, but they moved as mm -hmm. far away as they could. Mm -hmm. And uh, I checked out the baits they were using. And I don't know if anyone, you know, I don't know. If I see another person throw a bait and I look at it, I'm like, yeah, I got them beat. Mm. You, you ever have that confidence that you're just... Well, yeah, every time you, I throw a raptor. Well... You look at another boat. Say if another boat's throwing bait X or a Y or a Z, and you look, you're like, yeah, I'm going to outfish them today. I had that confidence. 
Nice. And um, I have no idea how they did. They probably spanked me. Yeah. But they also fished for more than me because they were there before me, and I left 20 minutes later. So, but during that time, like, as, as soon as they got kind of, like, out of earshot, I was in the same spot, Todd, where we had that double hookup. Yep. In the same spot where I got hit mm-hmm. when I was with you that yep. day. Mm-hmm. I got hammered. One just one time, that was it. I didn't get a second. I was jerking, jerking, and I had that soft tail, orange belly perch, and I'm pulling, I'm pulling, and I I got a wrap. I kind of set the hook, it wrapped back a little bit, and I I'm like, what? It almost it almost felt like I hit a, a log, a big log that moved, mm-hmm. and I pounded through there, and I'm like, no, that was that was my chance, and all I was thinking was. Of all the times I wanted to have a fish get on, that was the absolute one that I wanted. You wanted because they had just left, and I just I'm like, please, just I, I want this fish to come back. Yeah, and I want it to be thrashing because yeah. I'm just thinking that they didn't catch anything. And, yeah, and here's some hobo with expensive gear showing up. Yeah, catches one right in front of him, turns around and leaves and goes to work. Oh jeez! But who knows? They could have got seven. I don't know. But I, you, you kind of plan that stuff out in your head. Like anytime you go fishing somewhere, you see another boat, you see another guy fishing on the bank, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna beat him." And who knows? But that was my fishing report. I lost another one. Damn! I'm just striking out. You're striking out at the bank. It's I am. Your, it's your honey hole. At the honey hole, and then we just got 17 inches of rain yeah. slash ice. Yeah. I'm not going to probably get another good bank yanking in before the first. Yeah. So that might wrap up my year. Mm. But who knows? I might be able to catch one of the first fish in 2016. We'll see. Yeah, we're getting a lot of rain over the next couple of days here. Yeah. That's for sure in the in the forecast. We have warm warm weather out here. Uh on the east side, uh, you, you know, it's it's just it's insane. I thought for sure I'd be seeing snow, uh, but this is first just... year up here. I was telling you how bad the snow is. Yeah, haven't seen a lick of it yet. Yeah, you haven't seen six inches all year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when I did, yeah. s- uh, when I saw five inches, that was enough for me to say, okay, I'm. Uh, You're getting serious. I'm I'm pulling my one boat out of my garage and parking my truck in there. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I was like, Andy, help me out. Yeah, Vance has two boats under shelter and his truck. Mm. My truck is still sitting outside. I do not have a place to park it inside, but I do have a place to park your boat, yeah. my boat, my tractor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all like that. Yeah. <sighs> so I that, thought I was going to be a real man's man, you know, boat in the garage and truck outside. And uh, I was just like, screw this, I'm not... Well, I'm technically, not. Your, your, your boat's like... It's under a roof, but there's no garage door yet because they haven't got done building my garage door yet. It's the same as a storage unit, you know. Well, except storage unit, you can close it and lock it. You can it. close it and lock it. I, yeah. Well, so if anybody wants, a, you know, an easy boat to jack, <laughs> run over the old Andy's, Andy's pole barn. Soon to be headquarters. Soon to be podcast headquarters, everything. Soon to be in a couple years, maybe. <laughs> we might be at like podcast 150 before we actually yeah. get there but anyways i'm babbling on um todd you want to hit the show dates 
Oh yeah, shirt days. We got the show seasons upon us here real shortly. Uh, I'm not going to get real involved here, but the 16th January, we're going to be up at uh, Rain State Park at the Winterfest. Uh, then the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, that's going to be the Ionuski show put on by uh, Greg and, uh, and and Tony, Greg Thomas, Tony Grant. Uh, it's always a good one. 31st, that is going to be at the Butler Days Inn. That's the Muskie Road Rules. We'll be down there. We'll have some baits, doing a seminar. That's the only seminar I'm going to do this year. Don't really like doing seminars, but... <laughs> but you do, do one a week there. anyway. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's that? We do one a week anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we do these, but yeah, this is easy. Just talking. Uh, 27th, 28th of February down in Kentucky. First show they're going to have down there. And then the, our big one is the uh, Muskie Max, 5th and 6th of March. Nice. And that'll be our big one. Nice. Love it. Well,. We're going to do another uh, Canadian trip podcast. Um, do that, and we're going to get into a little bit of gear review, too. Hopefully. Hopefully. We've been trying this for like five weeks now. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't come up. But we're going to listen to some of uh, Todd's stories. Vance, I know you've been to Canada a little bit. You might have a story or two. Yeah. I've got nothing but one-liners, smart comments. Excellent. And... Um, <laughs> Because uh, Canada, I've never fished there. Unless you guys want me to make up a story. Well, you can drive 20, 20 minutes to a little, 10 minutes to a hole and catch them right there. I got a Canadian story, but it's technically not in Canada. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> the Border Patrol thought I was going to Canada. Oh, yeah. That's uh, a good story. That's a good story. Yeah. I might tell that one, but... It might not be on this one because if we're going to try to do gear review. Well, we dabbled into Canadian stories with Todd. Um, yeah. Yeah, we've talked Canada a couple of times. I mean, I've probably, I've mentioned how we started going up there, you know. Oh, gosh. My family's been going up since way before I was around. And, uh, I mean, it's different. I, I you know, uh, there's lots of water. Lots of water to explore, and I'm just talking about the water north of us here in, uh, you know, the eastern part. I mean, you talk that whole other section up above Wisconsin, those people all go north, and they go up in the Lake of the Woods area. You, you got, I mean, there's just, there's tons of water up there. It's a, it's a different world. It's a different world of fishing that we have here in the States. There's no doubt about it. And you fished. You know, you go up to Canada to get the the big ones. That's where the real big ones are and all that stuff. And, you know, me and Todd recently went to Nipsing and saw all those pictures and heard all the stories and whatnot. But you've, you've fished at Georgian Bay, didn't you, Todd? Yeah, I've, I've, fished, I've fished a couple times. We've been over there. I've probably been over there maybe three times. I haven't spent a lot of time there. What's I mean, the... you know, Canada, you, you know, you can look at it. I mean, we, we just go on the... On the Usually when I go, I mean, I go to the lakes, and obviously we've done a lot of exploring. Uh, you can go there. That's where the, I mean, you can catch giant fish in Canada. Mm-hmm. You can also catch a lot of fish in Canada. You can go to lakes that really don't see that much pressure at all, 
that have a lot of muskies in them. You can go to lakes where you catch a whole bunch of pike, a few muskies. You can find your lakes that don't have any pike population, and you can catch all kinds of muskies. Uh, those are the lakes that I tend to go to when I go up there. You know, I go up to have fun. Usually it's a family trip. Uh, like I said, I mean, it, it, we, we've started doing a lot more exploring, you know, 15, 20 years ago when I, you know, got my own truck and got my own boat. And, uh, you know, when I went with my grandpa, it was same boat, same place, same lake, really didn't explore all that much. We just went up there and fished. Uh, but it's just, it, it's just endless fishing up there. And, uh, you know, the pressure is not what you get here in the States. Uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun going up there for a week vacation. You know, we always took it as, uh, that's all we did. I mean, you go up there, you get up in the morning, you fish <laughs> all day. You eat, you go to sleep, you fish all day. You know, it was the one time that we did do that. You know, a lot of times locally you find yourself just going for a weekend or a day here or a day there, a couple of days here. But, uh, you know, we, I went up there many years and used to spend probably, uh, you know, for a long, long time. We, I used to go probably about three, three to four weeks a year up in Canada mm. and uh, did some exploring at the end of the weeks, you know, at, you know some of our last trips. And we find some really great, great spots. Some of the places I still go hit now were places that we went exploring on. And uh, sometimes we went places didn't catch a lot. You go to somewhere like Georgian Bay, you go with a different attitude. I mean, you don't go there expecting to catch a whole bunch of fish, but you're looking for that one, that one fish. Sort of like, you know, I think that's the way they're fishing, like a nipissing. You don't catch. Uh, a dozen fish a day there. You're you're going up there to try to catch yeah. one of those giant fish. You know, I would go I, up there. I, Absolutely, I think, I'd go up there and I'd say I'm going to catch a dozen fish. I'm going to mm -hmm. put on my raptor, my soft tail raptor, <laughs> and I'm going to do what we did when Vance and I went on the boat last. I'm going to go pull out a nine pike day. I'm going to top yeah. it off with three bluegill right at the end of the day. There you go. <laughs> yeah, never see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of yeah, and 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 and, and, I, and 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 we always do talk fish, like guys who talk about fish, fish, you know. A fish to me, you know, you know, we do use that. Fish is a muskie. The other fish really aren't. They're just I don't know what we consider them. <laughs> Birds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Annoying yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I think a lot of people that. That go to Canada that never that never have been before. You know they they're going for the chance at the big one. You know yeah. because you hear all the hear all the stories. You know now if if somebody's home waters or somewhere like you know Lake Saint Clair or something like that in the in the Saint Lawrence in the Saint Lawrence and in, in the uh, in the Detroit River and all that stuff. Um, I think their their mindset would be a, a little bit different. But I think if somebody you say okay we're gonna go. To Canada, you know the uh, the the pizzazz in that is well. Yeah, I have a I have a chance of catching this giant elusive fish, the big yep. one. You know, and even the two places you just mentioned, you know, you you have to remember that most of those guys, most of those fish, those guys are catching up Lake Saint Clair, coming out of Ontario waters, mm -hmm. 
and the same as the St. Lawrence. You yeah. know, those are you know most of the, most of those fish are coming out of you know their 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 border, their, you know, their boundary waters. Mm-hmm. That's where most of those fish are coming from. Mm-hmm. So they fall right back into it, you know. And uh, we always went to the same, you know, the same general area, the place that we've always gone. Uh, the Coarsa Lake region connects the Georgian Bay. It was it was it was uh, made for logging, and you know, 1900 or something. It was it's a system of locks and and uh, you know, dammed up Trent River. Uh, but they could float the logs from the Georgian Bay down to the St. Lawrence to get them down closer to uh, n- New York City or, you know, down into the States. Mm-hmm. I believe there's 18 lakes, a bunch of lock systems in there, and there's a whole bunch of muskies in that system. That's where we've already spent our time. Yeah. Now, what's the craziest, not, I mean, you don't have to, not the craziest, because that's, Stuff that you see in Canada. Have you seen like a moose crossing the lake or bears just on the shore? Or? I, I, no, I mean the, the the lakes that I fish, we don't see that. They're they're built up. It is not remote Canada fly-in type stuff. I mean, it's cottages. Uh, you know, there's a lot of. I mean, we see some deer. We see. I've seen some bears in Canada in our travels, but. Uh, that's not the area that I fish. You know, I've, I've been to some lakes that were, I'm sure I could if I spent some time there. I'm sure you, you might see some of that, you know, a moose or something. But uh, and most of the places I fished are not like that. You know, most of the places that I fished have, uh, uh, you know, a lot of boathouses, a lot of docks. There's a lot of float planes up there. And, you know, people traveling in and out the weekend can actually get a little bit crazy. You know, it, it's a... Uh, you know, it's a waterway system that, that, that people use. You know, they use it all summer to travel the whole Trent Severn system sound, or, you know, the whole Trent, Trent River system sound. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of houses, little towns and things like that. But the fishing, you know, the fishing is, is, is just as good as some of those remote places. <laughs> yeah. So when, when, when did you start? Like all by yourself, not needing the family, going up there, and with your own boat, like college years, late high school yeah, years. I, yeah, late, late high school. I mean, I started when I turned. Uh, yeah, probably the first time I went on my own was probably when I was like seventeen. I mean, I got out of school and I had two weeks booked, and. Uh, my grandpa wasn't going to go that year. He was just going to go in September. And I really didn't know how we were going to go. We had our plan. Uh, I mean, I borrowed a car off of my uncle. Borrowed they car's go, good. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I, I borrowed a car off of my uncle. It was a big old Oldsmobile 98. had like wheel, like uh, Cheech and Chong wheels. Uh, That's exactly <laughs> like, what I was imagining. And just like smoked blaring out of the window <laughs> yeah yeah fender skirts you know uh this thing was big I mean, it was huge that car was huge and i took my grandpa's uh took my grandpa's 10 horsepower off of his little boat because we didn't have a hitch so we put that in there we put the trolling motor in there we put the battery we put the gas tank loaded up all our food and we took off for 
now, took off for Canada, and we and we rented a boat when we were up there. So, but I you you, you drove a boat up there. Yeah, yeah, I drove. We there we go. Someone got it. A boat. I mean, we went up <laughs> up to four hundred one, like ooh, ooh, you know. The thing was just swaying around. and dive, and we had everything going. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we went up and went up and spent a couple of weeks with some friends, some 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 college or some high school buddies, actually. That's when I started going on my own. My grandpa took me. We went almost every year, uh, like a week in June or July, and then we would always go up in September. And I started going more when I got the uh, opportunity. But that was even before I had my own boat. Sometimes we'd rent a boat. Sometimes we just, you know, I ended up getting a getting a car and stuff and putting a putting a hitch on and pulling pulling our little. And, and most of it was done on little 14, 16 foot, just you know, fishing boats. Uh, back then but uh i just loved it i mean i look forward to it when i would leave in september and october for our last trip i mean i was just like wow nine months till we get back up here <laughs> in, in in june next year you know you know and how was you know starting fresh like that without the the depth finders and the chips nowadays would you guys would use maps of the lakes hard maps, stuff you held while you were out on the boat. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even have any maps of that lake. You know, I, I didn't even have any maps of, of where we're going. I was going on where where we went, you know. I was going on what, what you know, the places we fished, uh, the place that my grandpa took me, and uh, I, mean, I, I knew the lake. I did not do a lot of exploring, and we went to our little, our lake it was mostly on Pigeon Lake, and we would sneak over to Buckhorn Lake occasionally, but I spent most of my time there, yeah. just uh, you know, going on, you know, hit, hitting the spots. I knew that I knew the safety zones. I knew how close you could get to the markers. I knew the rock piles. I knew all that, and uh, you know, and that's that's completely different than fishing a lake in PA, New York, Ohio, all that. Stuff, oh yeah, all that stuff. I remember when I went up there for the first time and we were fishing in the bigger water uh, like you know it technically was the the Georgian Bay and technically explain technically Manitoulin Island it's the biggest island surrounded by fresh water okay that's way up there Sudbury and you got to go through all this little town called Little Current and whatnot and it's it's a it's big you know Great Lake water I think some, you know. I read somewhere it's like this. People consider it the sixth Great Lake, and all the sixth. Yeah. yeah, is it is it bigger than Saint Clair? Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm, Georgian, I'm completely ignorant yeah. for this. Mm. Georgian Bay is is massive. It, I mean, it. If you look at the Great Lakes, I mean, this it's thing a is, giant goiter. Yeah, it's just yeah. The Georgian Bay is just a huge bay off of Lake Huron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think. You know, the one time I was like salmon fishing, and it was at the mouth, and I was I was looking out into Lake Huron and and stuff. But then on the other side of the uh, the island, it was it was considered Georgian Bay and whatnot. So it's kind of like border. Yeah, but okay, go ahead. I'm we sorry. get out on this water. You know, it's really nice, clear visibility is nice, and all this stuff. And it's my first time getting out there. I'm like, wow. You know, you can't see shore. You just see all this like crazy structure and mountains around you and all this crap and you see different color colorations in the water okay 
And it's kind of like you can relate it to, you know how like you can see where the weeds are sometimes? Yeah. You can you can tell where that line's going to start to live. Now, was, was this like break lines or was this like rock forms? This is or? like a big, if like if you took a big bowl of water and okay. dropped a couple boulders in it, or, or rocks in it from, from outside, that's what it kind of was like fishing in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were everywhere. There's all these things, these shoals, and these, like, you know, the, the water's really dark and blue, and then it's, like, brown, and it, it was just dangerous, you know what I'm saying? I remember my uncle was like, do you want to drive? And I was like, absolutely not. You know, I, I don't want the responsibility of, of uh, and this was a couple days into the trip, I'm like, I don't want the responsibility. Now, what boat are you in? We were in a, in a, in a tiller. We were in a 16-foot tiller. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like some eighty thousand dollar brand new rig. No. Okay. But it was a, it's a nice boat, and uh, you know, regardless, it's not mine. Even so I didn't, I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to drive the thing. But you know, I, and and like I always had to be on the lookout for. You were like the mermaid on the front of a pirate ship. You were looking. I'm like I'm like rocks. watch out here, watch out there, pointing left, right. You know. Yep navigating that way i mean it's just insane stressful time and there's so much of it and there's so much structure that you can fish that you can get lost in it and you zoom out and you look where you are and you're in this big body of water and then you look out and then, and then there's all these little little ponds you can fish and stuff it's just it's endless water up there the only thing i can relate to that is lake erie and it is nothing like that no there's like a yeah. mountain out on, out of like northeast that, that, that comes up on, but it's still like the tip of this mountain is like 30 feet. Oh my gosh, it's the, not even that. It's, yeah. it, it's just a small pimple on the mm. bottom. It's yeah. called the mountain. That's about all, all you can... Yeah, it goes from like 60 foot of water to 80 foot of water. You know, it's just, mm. it's, it's just a landmark three miles out. That's yeah. about all it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so go ahead. Yeah, I mean, just going back to that that water. I mean, it was just a, it, it was like a shock for me to mm-hmm. you know fish little lakes and then uh, and then to go out on a giant bay where you kind of feel like you're out on the ocean and this little thing where you at any point you could be in like a hundred and fifty foot of water and then all of a sudden you turn the boat and go quarter mile and you know you're losing your your lower unit. So everyone could probably relate to this. They're watching their depth finder. And they're going along and like, oh, look at that. We're in eight foot of water. And then it just, boom. Yeah, drops. We're in 20 foot. Look how steep that is. Yeah, it's crazy. And like you could be in that and then you you would go into this deeper water and and there would be all these like hooks and stuff down there deep. And they're probably like lakers or something like that. And your fish finder can't even catch up with Mm. the zoom. It actually tells you to hold on. (laughs) Yeah. Wait a minute. Mm. So, I mean, it was, it was nuts. I, 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 I. you know, completely different fish. Did you guys catch a fish? Not in the big water. No, we did not. I had. I could tell you a quick story. We pl- we fished in this thing. It's called um, Bay Fin, Fine Bay. All this crazy. I mean, it's just another one of these little pigeonholes of of strips of water where you basically you're in the Georgian Bay, and then you drive you drive into this. Um, you go into this place called Bay Finn, and, and it's like a long, it's about like a 30-mile a uh, stretch that's 
anywhere from a mile wide to like five miles wide. So it, it like turns into its own lake almost. Okay. And it's protected by high mountains and whatnot. And you're in, like that back there, like at the back of this bay fin, the Evinrudes had a, had a mansion back there with this giant yacht that they used to cruise the Great Lakes. Do you think it had Merc cruisers in it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, 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 that would be that would be kind of silly. But uh, you know, so we're we're in the, in this in this giant bay fin area, and my mm-hmm. uncle had caught caught you know, I think two muskies in there before, but they were, you know, fat Canadian muskies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is before I got highly into it, uh, in, into fishing and whatnot for muskies. So it was just crazy, and I was out there trying to have a chance. I remember we would fish there. You know, we were up there for eight days or whatever. We'd fished in the Bay Fin probably two or three days, you know, if the weather was right, because... Sometimes you could get back in there and tuck away from all these because it was such like a thin structure on this giant body of water. When you drove into it, you know, you might be in two foot waves in there and then out in the bay, there's 10 footers and stuff like that. And they have all these crazy stories where they, you know, they didn't have the technology and whatnot, you know, 20 years ago and they would be fishing in this bay and then, you know, they would go to come out. Of like the mouth of this this bay fin into the Georgian Bay, and they had to stay overnight. Okay. In bay in in this bay fin, because there was ten foot waves. I thought there'd be like some kind of like story of a witch or a Sasquatch that no. eats all the boats when there's a easterly wind or something. There was something like along those lines, like in you know for them to never have it happen again, they had to do like a tobacco. Uh, offering to the bay so they had to litter they had they basically took like cigar tobacco <laughs> broke it off threw it in there said something that they said you know 20 30 years ago because they, they were going up when they were kids don't do this again mm. have, have some drugs yeah. on me and we would and, and we always packed like a tent and some over overnight stuff just in case it did happen but i guess with this tobacco offering it it cures all yes Mm-hmm. And um, we fished in there, and the in the structure we were fishing is very deep water, mm-hmm. and there was, I mean, we we were trolling, and there was, you were trolling on these giant, like rock shoals, these mountains, as as close as you can get. You could almost run your rod tip if you were running a straight out rod. You could hit these sides of these mountains, and they would shoot off. You know, like it would be the mountain. And you're there on, on the water level, and then it would just shoot straight down 60 feet. And off these mountains were rock points and really, really nice weed cabbage growing off of these, these rocks and stuff. Yeah, what I'm envisioning is like a smooth granite sheer face mm-hmm. that just like... With like strata on it and stuff. It just, it just goes like a knife straight down to the bottom, mm-hmm. and who knows how deep it really is. It looks like... You know, if like you're driving on the highway and you're going through a mountain and they like dynamited the mountain and you look next and and you see all that like rock strata and whatnot, but you're fishing in that. And, and off of this stuff that is down in the water, these nice, like big cabbage, beautiful weeds. And you can see so far down something with the minerals in that water that it is just, 
clear as, as all hell. It's crazy. And uh, <clears throat> we were fishing off, what the hell did he call this point? I forget. Ghost Fish Point, because they saw really big fish there once. Did they name it Casper? No. The okay. Ghost Fish. Oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was like, it was like a big, white, crazy-looking fish, apparently. And somebody was like, they missed it. You know, my uncle saw it coming up, and like his buddy was like smoking a cigarette. Probably oh, getting, getting ready, ready for, for a tobacco, offering. another tobacco offering. Probably one of many that day. And he, like, the fish came up and took a swipe at his bait, and, like, the, he was, like, flicking his cigarette, and he missed the fish. Hmm. I was getting ready for the trip, and I was actually using a giant, uh, the, the sloppy senior. Super? The super senior. Okay. And I was trying to pull fish off of this deep, weedy, slaty rock. And all of a sudden, it happens. Okay. And I'm over top of this. I'm over top of what I'm doing because it's, it's, it's late in the cast. And I'm bringing it into the boat, and I'm vertical on this, on this boat. Practically uh, uh, jigging. Yeah, practically jigging. And I see this fish come up, and it's, it's the biggest fish I've ever seen. It's huge, it's wide, it comes all the way up and it's it's rising just like like a like a balloon if it was underwater. It's coming up like back straight, just rising straight up and and the bait's right in front of me. I'm like, oh shit. I have like five seconds to think about this. And it's early in my my, my, my musky fishing. So I I drop it back down, it stays and it looks at it, and I pull it back up and I'm like I'm starting to shake and all this stuff, and I drop it and I put the I put the bait right on its head, like, like you, right on its snout, like unconscious, like mm. you're gonna make him sneeze. And he and he just he took a little flick, and then he went down. And I mean, I, I, it, it's it rolls up the tongue like it's it's anticlimactic and whatnot. But I mean, when you see this giant fish come up in the clear water. And you see your bait there, and you're working it, and then you drop it right on its nose, and you touch the fish, and it startles it, and it swims off. You know, it's just, it would it would basically was like a lazy follow. Yeah, and really, what else? What 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 could I have done? I was so shook after that. I had I, my knees were knocking, and, and and all this stuff because it it was a chance at, at a giant, and I missed it, and you know it was still. A neat experience because when it brought me to my knees, I couldn't cast for like 20 minutes after that. We took a break. And I was just like, man, I can't believe that happened. What if I would have caught this fish? That is insane. And you roll through all the scenarios mm-hmm. and you don't <laughs> stop talking about the fish. Don't, and, and that's one of those mystical Canadian musky stories. Oh my God, I saw a giant and, and you know, I put it right on its nose and, and the thing swam off and I never, you know, I never, I never saw the fish again. But we kept casting for it and whatnot, and it, and it stopped me from fishing. I had so much adrenaline going through me, and I was so early in my musky fishing that it was the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. It like made made the trip. Mm. And then, uh, like a couple casts later, I <laughs> I, uh, I was early in my musky fishing career. I didn't have many leaders, and did you I'm, have a Kmart leader? Uh-uh. Okay. Mm-mm. I was just reusing the same leader, and I was constantly like opening up 
the snap and whatnot, I wore the snap out, and the thing split. Okay. And I lost that. You lost it super senior. I, I lost the super senior. That thing sunk 60, 80 feet to the floor. I never saw it again. <laughs> well, you, you do know what happened to it. Was it was like, damn it. It was, it, was my, it was a walleye color, too. I really liked that one. <laughs> 40 feet down on its 60-foot drop, the ghost fish yeah. inhaled it. Yeah. It got stuck in his gills, and, and he slaughter. suffocated to death. <laughs> and then you, you donated fish meat instead of a tobacco the, offering. I know, to the natives. Somebody came up and ate it. Probably a seagull. There was other crazy stuff up there that I saw. Um, we would be trolling, and then you know, it was my first experience with like uh, the First Nation uh, natives to Canada. I don't know much about them, but they have specific rules. And it seemed like for the general, uh, you know, all the information I was ga gathering from everybody was they kind of have like a, we do whatever the hell we want. Okay. Kind of stuff. And they... Now, was this like their territory? Like they're like a little... I, I, don't, I don't know much about... I, I know there's people in the Midwest that know all about... The, I, I know, the and I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to butcher anything or anything. Mm -hmm. But it, it basically, uh, to try to put it frank, is, is that they 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 don't have many rules. They keep whatever they want, however many they want, however the way they want to catch them. Whether it's putting out a hundred foot net, and then for a day, and then coming back and picking up the net the next day, and mm -hmm. they got a bunch of fish in it, and they go and have a fish fry, and they're catching anything from, a, you know. A, a bluegill, a to, bluegill a sturgeon. to a sturgeon. A sturgeon, and they're and they're eating it. And we saw these nets uh, up there, and then we saw them collecting them the one day. And you know, we saw big fish being pulled out of these nets. And you know, they 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 were shaped like a muskie. They might have been a big pike, or and you know, might have been a muskie. You know, and they were they were they were they were keeping these things. And I I got to see that up there, uh, and that was all on the big water on the, on this Georgian Bay, and they. Like I said, they said they had no rules, and there there was a guy that we were staying with up there. He worked for the uh, Manitoulin Streams, and he had a lot of streams on throughout, you know, Manitoulin Island that that they protect and they try to get people not to poach on and whatnot. And they say like, you know, they have like walleye runs there and and salmon runs there and and all that stuff. Um, and you know, they, they said that the the natives would come there and they would with nets. Or spear them and just take out as many as fish as they want, and they can't do anything about it outside of like shoo them off mm -hmm. by like having people camp out and say, you know, get the heck out of here. You're not you're not doing this today. Stuff like that. That was all brand new to me and crazy. I don't know much about I don't know much about the the culture and and what their their rules are. But like I said, they uh, it seemed to be like they didn't have rules. They didn't have to answer to anybody. Right. Hmm. Mm. Didn't I, I want to think that did that do you see any of that stuff? Did you see any of that when you were in Canada, Todd? Where you were fishing? There, yeah, a lot of the places that, that we were fishing there would be like certain shorelines or certain islands that are Indian reservations. Mm-hmm. Uh 
I know they do that stuff. I think they do a lot of it through the ice in the early season, like when we're not there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I heard the stories, and, uh, I mean, there's a lot of that, up, you know, the whole way through Canada. Uh, but I, 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 I've never firsthand seen them doing that. You know, like I said, I've heard the stories the guys kept telling me about the, you know, uh, a lot of the lakes that I fish was close to ice fishing unless you were a native and uh you know the natives would ice fish and they would keep whatever they wanted <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh i mean the story of your big fish vance that's just that's canada i mean i i fished a lot of places you know been up into i mean minnesota was beautiful the places i was at wisconsin was was you know i it was nice, it, you know. It's a lot different than Minnesota to me. Uh, you can't experience what you can experience up there in Canada. Your story, your big fish. I mean, that's just it. I mean, it, uh, it was it anyone was who's never anyone who's into muskie fishing has never been to Canada just to experience, you know, taking that one week trip and doing it. Uh, I know you got to go through the border and do all that stuff, but uh, it's well worth it. You know, there, and, and there's a lot to be said about what Vance is saying about the, you know, the hazards and things like that. I mean, uh, it could be a, it can be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do do your homework. Now nowadays it's it's a lot easier than it used to be. Uh, I don't care to ever do any more exploring. You know, I've been to a lot of lakes. Have those lakes mentally written down in my head? Some of those lakes I have little maps I have them down in my basement, and uh, you know maps that I wrote. Uh, you know some of the hazards, some of the places they caught fish, and I mean I could grab that map and go to that lake, and I would feel totally confident going there. Uh, nowadays, maybe they are mapped out, but you know back then a lot of the times. You know, you know, 20, 25 years ago, a lot of those places, they didn't have any maps of those places. It was just, learn it, man. Go do it. Yeah. yeah and back to that, that, that big fish, it, you know, I kept thinking, now I'm, I'm jogging my memory about it, but, you know, I kept thinking that all that water and that, that one big fish was sitting there and that, all that giant body of water, for me to stumble up, upon it, yeah, the luck in that was was really really cool. Neat story, you know. I want to think that wasn't didn't you guys get a four footer that week? Yeah, we got a four footer, but it was an inland lake. It was it was it was a, it was like a mud hole. It was a it was a lake up there called Bass Lake. It's no bigger than. Were you bass fishing? No. Okay. It was called Bass Lake, and it was as I can't really. What could I compare it to, and compare it to anybody that's listening? It's a very, very small, small lake. It's like LaBeouf. So how big is that lake? Put it to acreage. 69 acres. So it's it's that tiny. And you pull the four-footer up. Yeah, and there's no, and there is nothing but, but uh, this guy that, that ran this Whitehaven's Cottage, that's what it was, that's where we stayed, would always talk about Bass Lake, but the thing about Bass Lake is there's no put-in. Okay. So we had to put the boat in. Trim the motor all the way up, put waders on. We're about the whole truck is in the water, all four tires. We pull the boat off, and 
it was just it was insane. It, 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 they've been going up there. They always wanted to get on get on this lake, but it seemed like it was just too difficult to get on the lake. Your uncle. Yeah. Okay. And it was, and he his boat sits really high on his trailer. So you have to go extra deep. Yeah, and I'm talking four four wheel drive, four tires in the water, all this crazy stuff. We're both in waders, pulling this boat off, slipping, all this other BS. It's a lot of it's you know like about an hour of put in and and takeoff time to fish. Okay. This this body of water, but you pull up there and there is just nothing but these musky signs, like four. Like the different strains of these muskies that are in there, like the Canadian one, the Bard one, the Great Lakes one. They stock them, but it's very, very unpressured. There's like two houses on this lake. You could like basically skip a stone across it. There's big walleyes in there and all this crazy stuff. Um, and, you know, we eventually get to fish this. And I, the reason we got to fish it was because I was so gung-ho to just do... Just to do it. Just to do musky fishing up there. I was up there to musky fish, which was eventually my demise of going on these trips. Because they were kind of like... Were they going to catch fish? They were going to catch catch fish, and I was... I just wanted to catch these muskies. You know, and stuff like that happens, you know. And, and this, this story stems off into other, you know, good memories and bad memories of... of what uh i've i've lost friends yeah over wanting to fish for muskies only yeah i have never lost a family member (laughs) (laughs) it's a close friend it's not really my uncle but he's like okay he's a close friend of the family you call him always always call him uncle but we don't fish anymore and uh, a lot of it comes from this fish uh i'm not going to get into the gory details about it but so we're fishing and um we're trolling, and we're casting, and we're doing all this stuff, and we catch, we catch two fish, um, and they're not that big and whatnot. But two days later, we go out and we do the same thing. And you did the whole hour put in. Yeah, and and we eventually stumble across a big one, and I was jerk trolling. We were coming in from trolling, and. I had a different lure out. It wasn't the right lure. It was a different lure from what everybody uses. And I'm like, you you know, I want to do these lures and all this stuff. So we're pulling into, somebody has to go to the bathroom. We're pulling in over this weed flat. And we're basically in the front, the keel of the boat is in rocks. And I'm pulling, and he's just coasting in because we don't know this lake at all. Coasting and trying to get to shore to go to the bathroom, which is this whole ordeal. We get the waders out and all this stuff. The trolling, the trolling rod is is still out, and I'm chucking, chucking off into the deeper water, which is like about uh, maybe like four foot. We we probably drove right over this fish multiple times, and he hits a jerk bait. Okay, and it's a complete shit show. My the, there's a trolling rod out. My rods are, there's rods all over the boat. We were going to try walleyes. There's little spinning poles, all this other stuff. Shit's getting stepped on. There's a big fish on. Uh, didn't know how big it was initially. And it kind of gets messy. And we eventually get the, the, the fish 
end into the into the into the boat, which is about the keel is is in in rocks and digging in the mud, and we're in about hmm a foot of water, and we net the fish, which we probably really didn't need to because we were in, in a foot of water, and it's just a mess. There's still a, still a whole a whole other line out. This trolling trolling uh, rod is out. We net the fish in the back in about a foot of water. We have to go all the way back out to try and release it because the bag is the fish is just a mess in the bag. It's in, in, in like a, a foot of water. So then we have to keep keep the bag in there. The rod, you I could feel the fish hitting off the 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 rock bottom. That's how shallow it is, and that's how it was a bigger fish. Yeah, it was forty eight and a half, and. So then we have to get the boat back out into the deeper water to try to work on this fish. Well, this is the longest release of my life. And the fish ends up dying. Oh, it did? Yeah. And I and it dies for reasons that I don't really want to get into. But it was just, it was an ugly scene on the boat with the fish and the catch. And crazy stuff happened. No, was it was it got, was it errors from user or was it just? It was a, just a cluster F to begin with. It was a cluster F, and it eventually things got heated on the boat because of this. Something got broken in, in trying to fight for this fish. I shouldn't have been casting. All this stuff started happening. Uh, there was a little bit of aggression and whatnot that, that happened during this release. And, you know, we were a little bit pissed off that, you know, this fish was dying. So that, that kind of, you know, people, you know, attitudes start changing when that happens. Like, well, what the fuck was this even happening? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't want to. This isn't, it's not a, it's. The, no, I mean, you know, you, we're, you're, you're, we're you're, shifting into, into. R-rated stuff here, but um, <laughs> R-rated podcast. But the fish ends up dying, and um, we uh, kind of going back visiting last podcast. Yeah, the the fish ends up dying, and we saw it dead the uh, the next day when we were going. No, did it like halfway swim off, and then you're like, yeah. I mean it it it's it swam off. Okay. You know, and we we drive by this lake, which is en route to this other lake uh, called Pike Lake. And we're driving, and and you basically drive along this bass lake because, like I said, there's there's no put-ins. It's just like road, cinder road, and then, you know, it starts to bank, and then, you know, you find some, an opening in the tree brush, and you put in there. But, so we see, we see the fish float in the next day, and, uh. But like I said, it was it was an ugly release. There was a lot of of uh, testosterone and tempers flaring uh, at that at that moment, and uh, it was a beautiful fish, and it was a cool fish, and it was a cool experience to to catch it that way. And uh, you know, it, it the the bad outweighs the good in in the, in the fishing uh, story. And like I said, that stems from me. Not going up there anymore. Okay. Uh, but, you know, yeah, so that fish died, and, uh, you know, the, rele- the release stuff, it, it was, it was, uh, it was an interesting uh, release. We tried to, you know, every, everything that, you know, once we got, once we were able to work on the fish, we tried to, 
you know, revive it, but it was just, they're delicate and it was a, it was a rough experience and it's a, it's a rough one to kill that, that, you know, kill, kill a big fish like that. Yep. But yeah, it's, it was, it's, (laughs) there's definitely a lot of muskies in that little, (laughs) little mud hole. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing right there about, you know, going up into Ontario, there are countless bodies of water like that. If you take a little bit of time and just do a little bit of exploring, you know, learn a couple of those bodies of water when you go up there. Uh, some of them just, they just flat out don't see anybody fishing. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're just, they just don't get pressure. Yeah. You know, I, 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 we, we did, we used to do the same thing and go explore some little places. I mean, uh, hit, hit a lake one time it was just a little gravel they had some gravel piled up and we launched uh, uh, I can't remember whose boat I was in It was whether it was my boat or my buddy's I think it was in my Sylvan you know got it off off the trailer a couple little cottages on the lake you go out there and I mean it was probably a 2,000 acre lake small but uh no map, no anything. We just took our time. We explored it by trolling, obviously. You know, you just go out and put some lines out and go real slow. So you don't hit anything. And, uh, you know, the one lake I'm thinking of in particular, I mean, that first day we were there, we boated 13 fish. Never had been there. Uh, only been back one, one other time. Uh, but I have a little map of that lake <laughs> downstairs, like, like we talked about earlier there. And it, it, there, there's countless bodies of water like that up there. Yeah, little mud holes, and they're they're def- yeah. like the muskies in there were definitely different looking than the uh, the ones like out in, in you know the pictures you see in the Georgian Bay and whatnot, like you know big head, skinny bodies, stuff yeah. like that. Yes, and there and there's a lot of places like that up there. I mean, there's a lot of those little lakes you go to. They don't have that forage of shad and you know uh, tulipy and whiting or whatever they all herring and stuff like that you know yeah uh a lot of the places i fish you know the fish are not real big uh, as far as weight wise they like to go acrobatic i mean they're just lakes that are fed with uh you know they're feeding on perch and bluegill and and things like that they don't carry a lot of weight they get old they get big they get long and they they are fun (laughs) and there's there there's lots of places like that Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, that's pretty much the extent of my my Canada experience. Maybe on a future podcast, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the into that release of that fish. Yeah, I'm serious. I mean, I I, I can probably come up with debacle stories. Mm-hmm. And um, but we're we're approaching an hour. Todd. Yeah. Do you have a uh, a fishing story? Like we kind of wrapped up last, the, the first Canadian trip one. Okay, I got I got all kinds of them. <laughs> now, okay, I, okay, so we'll start. With, I, I got one. Uh, we'll talk about someone like my dad, and this gets back into a lot of the stuff we talk about. Just the uh, you know the difference of fishing now and fishing back in the day, even up in Canada. I mean, these guys used to go to Canada fish the week you know you catch a fish 
get a couple hits, get your name on the board that we talked about, the musty board. That was a big deal. Well, my gra- I have pictures. I sent you guys a picture not too long ago of my grandpa holding a fish when I was about one year old and about a month. You were in a diaper. I was in a diaper standing there looking at the muskie, and I sent, I sent it to Andy. I found it when we were going through stuff here at the house, and I said, this is probably the first muskie I ever saw. So it was from 1970. Uh, my grandpa was holding the fish. We're unsure. I wasn't obviously with him, but you know, he's holding it by the eyes, and he's got a fillet, hand, you know, fillet knife in one hand and the fish in the other. I mean, they kept the fish. looks like a mid-30, maybe. <laughs> it's not that big. But, you know, my dad's standing there. My dad started going off to Canada. It was bigger than uh, you. It was bigger than me. Yes, it was bigger than me at the time. <laughs> mm. uh, my dad started going up there uh, with my grandpa, which who is the grandpa they started going with was my uh, mom's dad. So they started going up when they were dating. And so, you know, he, he was doing it a long time ago. It, and there was a lot of years, you know, he had, well... Put it this way, he had never caught a 50 inch fish, so it would have been about 90, probably about 1998, 99, not, not all that long ago. But uh, so I'm fishing, uh, fishing with my dad and my buddy Phil, who has passed away. Uh, it, 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 the three of us are in a, bo- in a boat, and this was a lake that Dale and I had gone to uh, the year before, Dale Wiley. Dale Wiley, yeah, we went and, you know, we did a little trip there and, you know, one of our little exploring trips and, you know, we'll put it this way, we were very excited to get back there the following year. So this happened, Dale and I's exploring trip happened in October and, uh, you know, I went till June and I could not wait to get back on this body of water because I know what we caught and (laughs) I know what we saw. So anyhow, Dad, Phil and I are out one of our first days on the lake and uh, now, you know, some guys aren't going to like this, but my dad had always said, you know, I've never, if I catch a 50, I want to get a, a real mount, a skin mount. I said, that's fine, Dad. I mean, I've, you've been, I mean, he, he'd been doing it for 35, 40 years. Who cares? Uh, so we're, 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 tro- actually, we were trolling at the time. And uh, my dad had his, 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 his bait right out the back of the boat. 15 feet of line out the back of the boat, right in the crop wash, splashing around. Rod goes off. Rod goes off just screaming line. And uh, he ended up, uh, he's fighting the fish. And while he's doing it, you know, he comes up by the boat. A lot of times, I mean, I hardly, I mean, we, we used to go up there and hardly ever net a fish. I mean, I would just reach down, unhook him, or reach down and grab him with a boga grip, get him unhooked, and just release him. So I'm standing there with a boga. And I, I catch a glimpse of the fish. It comes up and it just, it comes up, you know, you know, side, side view of the fish. And I turn around and I put the boat on the, on the, on the floor and I reach up and I grab the net. My buddy Phil, who's, who's in the boat, like watching all this and he's like, I can't believe, you know, what's going on? Why, you know, why are you going to grab that net? <laughs> I said to Phil, I said, Phil, don't say anything. Dad's fish, the fish is way over 50. You know, don't get him excited. Don't say anything. And uh, it feels like, oh, man, you got to be shitting me. I said, no, I'm, I'm telling you, I saw the fish. 
Now, you know, granted, my dad had been doing it a long time, but I took it way beyond what my dad ever did. And I, I already caught some big fish and stuff. So anyhow, I, you know, I'm talking to my dad. I'm talking to down. I'm like, yeah, just keep fighting, Dad. It, it, that's a nice one. He's like, well, you got the net. I said, yeah, I think we ought to net that one, Dad, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're playing around, and he gets it up on the boat. And, and uh, I reached down, swoop it up with the net. And I turned and looked at my dad. And he's like, uh, man, you know, that's pretty big. I said, well, Dad, you told me never to ask. He said, what do you mean? I said, you said don't, don't, don't ask it if I want to keep it if it's over 50 because he already told me he wanted to. And he's like, oh, no way, no way, you know. And I said, Dad, you're, this fish is way over 50 inches. And, uh. Long story short, we you know we brought it in. It was a fifty-two and a quarter. It had a big head, skinny fish, uh, but it's on Dad's wall. We got a skin mount, and uh, that was Dad's first fifty. He's got a couple more with me since then, hmm. but uh, you know, it was a great day. I ended up borrowing that lure from him. Well, I mean, it. it Actually, it was my, it was, whose lure it was, it was Dale Wiley's father, Dern. His name was Dern Wiley. He passed away a few years before that. And Dale had all these lures. Obviously, Dale makes lures. I, I, I got the lure off of Dale. It used to be his dad's lure. And uh, I gave it to, I got it off of Dale, and I gave it to my dad. $9 bass, 8-inch jointed. Uh, musky king and uh, that's when my dad caught that fish on that September I took that lure with me fishing with a friend of mine Donnie Coulter and uh, you know we were having a good week him and I caught uh, 41 fish that week uh, when you say a week five days or seven days seven days okay. usually you fish about six you know you have a day you know, the first day you don't fish that much we don't always fish that long on friday but uh it was on like tuesday of the week and uh we went out the wind had changed it was a crappy day we, 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 we crushed them the day before temperature dropped this was in like mid-september temperature dropped about 40 degrees the wind switched out of the north, and the place we were fishing the day before, I was like, we're, we are going to, we're going to give this a real quick shot because the waves were big. It was just nasty. And, uh, you know, I wasn't expecting anything. Huge cold front. But, but when we first got on the water, you know, we got out there, and, uh, you know, Donnie got a fish. Then Donnie caught another fish. Then I caught a fish, and this all happened right off the bat as soon as we got out there. Oh, I had that lure that my dad had caught that his 52 on. It was laying on the dashboard, and I didn't, I, I really wasn't using it a lot, and I, I, I cut a hook off of one of my lures. So threw it on the dash. I grabbed that lure because it was sitting there, threw it out, went about 50 yards into the troll, and uh, I get a fish on it. And it ends up being the biggest fish still to this day, lengthwise, the biggest one that I've ever caught. It was 53 and a half inches. It was in the same lure my dad got his two on. And uh, not the same exact spot, but within about 200 yards. Wow. 
Now, uh, do you still have the bait? It's hanging in uh, my dad's, in the fish, fish's mouth that my dad has, hanging in his office. Yep. I'm tired. It's still there. Perfect. It's an old beat up war now. But uh, we both caught, well, he caught, I caught 50 before, but he caught his first 50 and I caught it. Uh, my, not, not my biggest one on that same old beat up, beat up bait. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. <clears throat> Hour and eight minutes in, we're going to do, I don't know if this is our, really our first gear review, but we're going to call it gear review. Gear review. Um, we are not sponsored. We are not paid. We are not told to do any advertising. We are just going to talk about stuff that we've owned, what we thought about it, weeks, points, strong points. We kind of did that with the fishing reels when I had that Lexa HD, which I still have over there. Um, but we're going to talk, we are going to talk about trolling motors, not necessarily limited to bow mount trolling motors, but Primarily, that's what most people use, but we do have a little bit of transom mount trolling motors we can talk about. Again, we're not paid. We're not anything. We're just going to be honest with what we think, our experiences. So, all right, trolling motors. Todd, you probably had the first trolling motor out of all of us. Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I remember when, uh, uh, when we used to row around and cast, and at the Shakespeare... I think Shakespeare came out with the first one. It was a little triangle-shaped thing. It was a little uh, trolling motor. You boat it, you know, you mounted it on the back of your boat, and you know, little handheld thing. And uh, I just remember the first time I went to get, went uh, fish with my grandpa when he picked one up, and he was like, "Son, this is going to help us catch a lot of fish." <laughs> Meaning he could actually fish and not just row me around because uh, they. When I was like that, they, they didn't. They let me fish mostly, <laughs> you know. And everybody would take turns rowing the boat. But yeah, it was just a little. Phew, I couldn't even tell you how fast it would go or anything. But uh, we started there. It made a. I mean, you talk about a big difference. Stuff that people don't even think about now. When you're trying to work a shoreline or work a weed edge, you're just in you know, maneuver your boat uh, to stay on the weed edge. That's one thing people just don't, you know, some people still don't understand that. You know, there's a reason that I, I'm on my trolling motor all the time trying to stay in that sweet spot, you know, stay in those pockets of weeds rather than drifting in. You know, I've gone with many guys before that, you know, have fished with me and they're like, man, I was up there where we were fishing. It's just all weeds in there. They don't realize that what I'm doing, you know, what, what you're doing, but the, the, the small small maneuvers and you know being able to do it without a paddle that made a huge difference uh wish that i wish we still had that thing mm -hmm. <laughs> it would be neat to look at you know yeah. but it was just a little triangle shaped shakespeare thing it was in the 70s sometime and uh you could probably find one on craigslist they those i, oh, I, I think those come yeah. up and it's, it's always hilarious to me when I see someone with a trolling motor like that, and they're like, 110 bucks. I'm like, that thing probably didn't cost 110 bucks new. Yeah. yeah. It just had like a toggle switch. You flipped the, that's all I remember about it. It just had like, you know, up, up and down, on off. <laughs> it had a little handle you turned, and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that's the first time that I ever saw one. The first time, I mean, you know, they may have been around, but, you know, we weren't always up at the times either. But uh, that was a big ordeal to put that, uh, put that battery in the boat and a little bit extra weight. And, uh, but, man, did it make a difference. So that was a game changer. It was a game changer. Getting a trolling motor. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely was a game changer. Okay. So how would you rate that trolling motor? Say if you're on the market and you had one on Craigslist, would you give it an A plus rating? Well back then it would have been an A plus plus. Plus plus. Oh yeah. I mean it made it it just made a big difference. I couldn't even tell you how it ran. I don't think I ever even got to run it. My grandpa ran it. Uh oh. A plus I don't even know plus. if they had Min Codas back then, but uh, I know the next one we took to jump to was a Min Coda. <laughs> so you you used the uh, Shakespeare for how long? Man, that that once again, man, I, I, I just don't know how long that thing was on there. I remember being around for a long time, but when I was when I was borrowing that stuff and going to Canada. You know, 84, 85, when I was in high school, college, stuff like that. Uh, the Shakespeare wasn't around. We had a we had a Minn Kota. It even had a little telescoping handle you could, like, pull out. It was, it was getting pretty high-tech at that point. It sounds like it. I mean... Mm-hmm. You could pull the handle and it would come out, like, 12 inches instead of 6. And that helps. That helps when you're, you're battling the yeah. big waves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so then... Then we went to... Yeah, and then we get into some foot controls. I don't, I'll bet you my grandpa never... I, I, I can guarantee he never ran a foot control troll motor. I mean, why, why would you... Why would you want to leave from the, the dexterity of a hand to control the boat to yeah. a foot? I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I'll guarantee he never ran one. <laughs> Guaranteed that he never got to run one of those. I mean, those are hard. To, those are hard to 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 get used to playing would, around with your foot. Uh, you know, as opposed to turning it with your shoulder and your arm and and uh, controlling the speed with your you, you know basically gripping the throttle and pretending it's a dirt bike yeah. and just absolutely twist yeah. and shout and. <laughs> Yeah. Bring it, crank it up, slow it down. Yeah. Okay, so then you went, your next major trolling motor was a Minn Kota. Minn Kota of some type, and that would have been on my bass. Yeah, that would have been on the bass tracker I had. And then a Sylvan, another, I, I couldn't tell you which one, you know, which, which brand or was or anything. But, uh, you know, making the switch to my new, newer boat, it was a Maxim. Your Lund. Your current the Lund. Lund. Yeah. Yeah. I know the, I know the name brand. The other ones. I always use the cable, cable drives, you know. Uh, the Maxim was a cable drive. I've had that on there for, until last year, actually. <laughs> last year I made the switch to the Motor Drive XI-5. It's a remote, 
unbelievable change for me, especially now that I'm guiding, handheld little remote thing, foot pedal if I want to use it. Uh, and that thing is that thing is something else. Uh, being on your boat and you know it, it, it it's is. fast and it's pretty quiet. It it's quiet. Yeah, I mean, right now, right now, I guess to kind of play catch up real quick, uh, Vance, you had a power drive. Yeah. To begin with, on my sixteen foot tiller. Okay. Uh, and then now you have a you went from what was that a fifty five pound thrust? Mm-hmm. Vance went. Vance was like Todd. He took small steps in, in getting to where he's at. Now he went from a fifty five pound thrust power drive to a hundred and twelve pound thrust Tarova. In a very short period of time, <laughs> I went from zero to that. To now yeah. You went from what would be considered a. Good all-around light-duty boat mover to essentially the Cummins diesel of yeah trolling motors yeah. <laughs> but you know, I guess uh, we're gonna we're gonna catch Vance and myself up, and then we can kind of do a finalized comparison. So your power drive, you had I had the fifty-five pound thrust power drive. I got the extended pole on it, the the uh, the deeper pole for when the waves are kicking up and you can, you know, dig that, that motor down into the water a little deeper. Um, did you like the motor? Um, I mean, it was my first one, so I really didn't know how, uh, what I was working with. You, you know, I used other people's and stuff, but that was, they were, uh, transom mounts and whatnot. Yep. Um, and you know, so getting used to, the foot pedal and all that jazz is it, it was a big big change for me uh and you had the co-pilot with i it. had the co-pilot and a wireless foot pedal okay i had a key fob with it but i never used it because i was i was getting used to you know mm-hmm. driving with my feet and uh, doing boat boat control over that and you know i got i got uh pretty used to it and uh you know, I remember when I was breaking my boat in last year, did a lot of trolling uh, after it was, was was broken in, which is probably, they say, is terrible for a new motor, but, you know, you're not trolling at those low, low speeds. Mm-hmm. But um, I went to cast uh, the one day, and I put the thing in the water, and it, it would turn left and right, and, but the prop wouldn't go. So I'm sitting out there... With this power drive, I'm like, what the heck is going on? This is crazy. You know, brand new. Doesn't work out of the out of the you know, out of the box, out of the gates. I put it in there, I have no idea what I'm doing. I I ended up monkeying around with it on the boat. I took the prop off to see if there was something in it or, or anything like that. There wasn't. It just wasn't moving. So I had to I had to take that off my boat and drive it an hour to a certified fixer-upper guy, dealer, mm-hmm. and uh, he fixed it up for me, and he said that one of the wires came loose, and uh, that's why it wasn't spinning my prop. Okay. Sends it in for warranty. I didn't know anything outside of, you know... Your time my and time distance and, and, and gas. So, you know, whatever. I was excited to, to start fishing. It started, you know, it started to work. Um, and I got really comfortable with it and it, it, 
it worked just fine for okay. that size boat. I really, really liked it. Now, into the latter part of the season there, um, Todd, Todd and I were fishing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, I ran it a lot more this year than I did last year, as opposed to like twice last year. Yep. Uh, and I was basically using it every day I fished this year. Not too long, but the thing just crapped out on me. It, it, it just stopped working. It would, I think me and Todd were, were fishing that day, and I couldn't control the speed on it. It would go from like 10 to 0. Okay. And then I would turn it on, and I'd put it at the 2 setting, and it would go like all the way to 10. And then there was just, there was no, you know, fluctuation in speed. It was either on full full go or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the heck's going on here? And I'm, I'm blowing off the spot and all this stuff. And then it just eventually stops working. The prop stops spinning, but it's still responding to turn left and right. Okay. So you had to take it back to the service center. So I take it back to the service center. And we, we tried to tinker around. I think it was here. We did a podcast on that. Yeah, we... Did we? Or, uh, yeah, we talked about it a little yeah, we, bit. About, we, we brought it up a little. We brought it up, but, you know... The other day, I was going to go fishing with you to get a break, and we were using a 70-horsepower... Yeah, till, Yamaha tiller. Tiller trolling motor. I was I was kicking it into gear and forward. Oh. <laughs> we took my boat the next day. Yeah, yeah. that was... Uh, <laughs> that was embarrassing. So, what, what was the diagnosis? The diagnosis that I got told, and I still have that receipt, that there was weeds on the prop okay and i still have these weeds and it looks i collect more weeds on the swivel on my leader yeah then and and, and apparently these weeds broke some seal and water got into the lower unit. lower unit this is what it's told to me and that's why it stopped functioning the prop but it was still turning and all this stuff. I uh, I don't know much about them, but I, I kind of was like, you got to be kidding me. Yep. And the what I was told to do was take the prop off every time I'm done fishing and clean, spray the thing out, and then re-oil it and connect. And I'm like, that you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, that is insane. This is like a this is like a twelve hundred dollar unit. These are weedless props, whatever the heck that means. And I have to do that on top of pulling the boat out, getting everything else, or putting the cover on. I have to take the trolling motor that prop off and de-weed it. That's what you want me to do. That's why I have to pay. That's why this voids a warranty right now. The, the, the weeds on it, the, there was not a lot of weeds. I, I, I will attest to this. It was not the weeds that did anything. There was some other underlying issue. You got it corrected, and it is back on that boat. Yep, it's back on that boat. It's fixed again. It works. Um, but, yeah, so that was my, my power drive experience. In less than a year, it crapped out on me twice. One by not working out of it. Right out of the box. Right out of the box, and then... Weeds shut it down. So I, I, have, I have mixed emotions about it. Okay, now your Tarova. My Tarova. Any wow. difference in, in power when you get on it? Oh, yeah, there's a lot difference in power when you get on it. I mean, this thing goes, if you kick it into, you know, it, it really digs it and pulls you. If you would, you know, you would 
if you're standing there and I hit 10 power on it, it would go. You would you would fall down in a boat if you weren't paying attention. Uh, Does that make you smile a little bit? I mean, it's okay. It's okay, but it's I just don't, electrons. I don't, it's green. Yeah, I don't. I don't pull. I don't pull through stuff like that. You know, I I use the wind to my advantage, so I don't really pull through those giant waves and whatnot. Like sometimes, if I'm turning out of a spot or or whatnot, and I'm I'm facing into the waves, like yeah, that thing is that thing will pull me in in you know two to three foot rollers, and it it gets the job done, which is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, so. There's, you're, you're just still getting the hang of that too. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a, no I got a pretty good. I stand, and I stopped using the foot pedal, and I'm using my, um, you know, the key fob that comes with it is like mm-hmm. as big as your mm-hmm. your universal remote that you could buy at a store. It's it's big. Yeah. Now I I, I will say I, I did help Vance kind of pick out that motor mm-hmm. when he was doing that, and I, I was telling him because he did have a co-pilot on the. Power drive, but then I told him to get iPilot for his new one. And the first time I saw it, I'm like, "Oh, you got the iPilot Link, mm-hmm. which is where you can hook it up to the Fish Finder, which we have not hooked it up to the Fish Finder yet. Mm-mm. But it is you have a little computer screen on your little key fob, yeah, which is enormous mm-hmm. and almost awkward to have hanging off of you." Yes, yes. It's it's like the size of old cell phones, those old Nokias. Like those giant... Well, I think yeah. it's bigger than that. It's like those giant gray ones. Yeah. Giant that, fl- that flip, you know, flip yep. open and stuff like that. It, it, it's it's substantially large. Um, uh, but, but uh, you know, you can keep it out of the way, hook it on your belt loop and whatnot, which a lot of people do. And you got to switch it every half hour so your back doesn't strain. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's... It, it weighs you down, but I mean, there's a lot of cool functions on it that I got used to. I also um, heard it was like uh, a class four flotation device it, if it's on you. Oh yeah, absolutely. You don't need to. <laughs> it's like a survival suit. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of cool functions on it. Uh, you know, have you used them? I've used, I've used, I, you know, how to control the prop and stuff from your your hand is is so cool. How you can. You can do, uh, you know, jump around and do do a ton of stuff just right at, at your at your fingertips. There, I've uh, you know, just controlling the prop, the speeds, the adjustments you can make. You can switch into like autopilot and you know, constant and all that stuff. There was, you know, there's a cool function on it that I've never experienced before. It's the anchor button. The anchor button, uh, you know, if you if you need to stay on a spot, uh, you know, you hit anchor and it keeps you there. Yep. Um, and you know that's convenient. Convenient for me, you know, if you're trying to take a couple more casts at a fish, if you net a fish and you got the wind blowing to your back, um, you know, you can hit anchor and not, you know, blow off the spot. You can release that fish and just basically start. You're you're in the you're in the same spot. You know you, you can start fishing again. You don't have to backtrack and and you know turn the big motor on and you know get back to that spot in those high wind in those high wind days. Um, you know and there's there's other things you can do on it like that iPilot link. Uh, you get a Lake Masters chip. It'll sync up to your hummingbird and you can follow contour lines. I don't know how much that would play to my advantage in fishing in windy days. And, you know, cause weed edges change all the time. Um, 
you know, I don't, I, I, I'm not experienced in that. And I, the videos that I see, I just don't think that it's going to benefit me much staying on a specific contour line, uh, because the weeds change all the time. And so does the wind, mm -hmm. you know, um, but there, there's just neat, neat functions that they can, they can talk to one another and you can basically control the whole thing. You know, you can tell it where to go by a click of a button and it'll just take you there. And how to get there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just neat. You know, yeah. it's neat stuff. Yeah. Well, I will go real quick with mine. I got an Endura 30. If you look over there, Vance, do you see it? Oh, I see. Yeah. My wife got me that when she was working at Gander Mountain. At the time, she was my girlfriend. She got me that for my birthday. She was very excited. Yeah. Um, Endura 30, probably the most common trolling motor out there. It was a great little trolling motor. It worked well. I put it on the back of... Actually, I didn't even have a boat at this time. We had a boat back at that one lake that I got my big pike in. And she was so excited because I wouldn't have to row her around mm -hmm. when we'd go fishing. We fished a lot more before I got married. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> And uh, I'm not That's gonna. Kind of yeah. I'm not, uh, so we would go and we'd go and have fun, and I'd have to lug a battery down there. And I just remember going out there, having you know, put it on one, and you're going slow. And I put it on four, and she like, put it to five. Let's see how fast it can go. I'm like, I wanna, I wanna wait. I, I wanna enjoy four. Just and then five was like, it's like one is slow, two is kind of slow. You're still slow on three, four, you're doing okay. And then fifth was like all of them put together outrageously fast. Yeah. And I'm like, well, okay, this is fun. And now I'm cruising around this little lake at maybe two, two and a half miles an hour. Amazing. And it, and it, it was a lot of fun. Well, then I got my 14 foot aluminum. I put that on the back and I used that. And it was, it was tough. It's tough to control a boat with a, transom mount trolling motor with any accuracy yeah it's even i mean you want to there's probably some people really good at it try to put your boat on a trailer with a transom mount trolling motor yeah it is it is you will look silly <laughs> it just does not and you get a crosswind you might as well just forget about you forget about it just yeah. jump off the boat and let it float away because yeah. you're that frustrated <laughs> so i still have that motor i i eventually took it off when I got my power drive, I had a 55-pound thrust. This was before the V2, so this was the old analog. Uh, it was like a year or two before the old analog, uh, I mean, before the new digital. Mm -hmm. And my wife got me that for Christmas. She was still working at Gander Mountain at the time. And th these trolling motors hit really quick because she wasn't in Gander Mountain for like two years. She got me that for Christmas. I put it on the front of my little boat, and I was, I was the king. <laughs> and I had a co-pilot with it, yeah. and I was driving it around, and yeah. you know most people around here hadn't seen something like that, so yeah. it was uh, it was a cool thing. And then I ran that for probably five or six years, and unlike Vance, I had an excellent, excellent track record with it. Yeah, I had that thing buried in so much mud and. If the prop wouldn't spin, I would just jack up the speed until it would spin. Yeah. I'd bounce it off so many stumps and trees and yeah. banging it off stuff that I just didn't care. Yeah. I will say this. I did have one issue. There was one time that it wasn't turning on. Mm -hmm. And I, I got home, and I immediately started looking at Cabela's. And they had a 55-pound thrust to rover there. 
and I was it was during my prime time. It mm. was during my fall, and I said, I'm not waiting. It was a great price on this trolling motor. I ended up picking up the trolling motor. I actually no, I didn't because I took mine apart. The little head, a couple screws takes off that head part, and I noticed that my power wire was the, the red main positive was corroded. I took it. I'm like, oh, look at this, and it wasn't crimped very well. Took it off, cleaned it up, put it back together, crimped it harder, and it worked. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, okay, I'm in the clear now. Well, that Christmas, I my wife got me that Tarova for Christmas. Yeah. And uh, then I picked up the iPilot, and it has changed the way I fish. Mm -hmm. uh, that lasted the rest of that boat. I got my Ranger. I had it on the front of the Ranger. It was adequate on the Ranger. It, it did all right. Um, but last year I said I need more power because that's the kind of guy I am. So I got the 80-pound thrust. <laughs> and uh, I love it. It's a, so I took my iPilot off the 55-pound thrust, put it on the 80. I did have an issue with it syncing up with the 80, taking off my iPilot over to the other one. I called Minkota. They got me straightened out. Mm -hmm. the, the tech guy, he was very knowledgeable. He told me what to do. I was taking it apart on the phone with him. He was telling me to move this plug over to this plug because there's two jacks in case you wanted to hook up another thing to it. Yeah. Uh, it got me straightened out, but it was a very stressful fishing trip the first time out because I was in really high wind and I had gotten very lazy because, like, I kind of I saved this because Todd went from, you know, the the hand control. Why would you go to a foot control? You're more, yeah, you know. Uh, coordinated with your hand well I went from hand to foot back to my hand and now I just use satellites and digital technology yeah. to, to control my boat I try not to touch the motor at all you went you went through more trolling motors in a 10 year span less than that probably well, yeah, I, I don't know I, I'm starting to lose track of years but yeah yeah <laughs> but you, you've had more than I've dealt with since like 1974 when my grandpa got that Shakespeare. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, the... I'm not a big change guy. If no one's figured that out by now. Uh, if it works, I just keep with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it works. Well, the, the big change for me was that when, when you open up your Christmas gift and there's a Tarova there and you have a power yeah. drive... Yeah. Well, what the heck? Yeah. And then I got a new boat. Put it on. Yeah. And, yeah. and and the thing was is like the fifty five was adequate, but the way my Ranger set up is that I always had three batteries back there. There was a storage for three batteries, and I just mm -hmm. hooked up um, the batteries in parallel. Mm -hmm. I might have got that mixed up. I have to look at it to run the twelve volt because I got the twenty four volt wiring. So, anyways, I, I ran the twelve volt and. When the wind would kick up, it was like I had to have that thing pedal to the metal the whole time. Mm -hmm. Any other time, it did it did adequate. Mm -hmm. But I know that I'm like, well, I got two batteries. <laughs> I got the juice there. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I switched out. I went to the 80, and it does well. It moves the boat quick. It, it, it's powered nicely for this boat. It's maybe a touch too strong, but you don't have an in-betweener. You have the 55, the 80, and the 112. That's mm -hmm. what you got in the Tarovas. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I picked up that Tarova, and I like it. Yeah, it's, it's nice. a great outfit for this boat. 
it, it, it does nice. I don't have any complaints with it. You still run it over stumps. I still, I, we talked about it when, yeah. I, when Todd caught that muskie. Yeah. I smashed it yeah. off of a tree. Yeah. And it wasn't the prop. It was the head. Like so hard that, you know, when I, I'd be fishing, I'd hear that. I'd turn around and be like, what the hell was that? Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. And yeah, that's like, my what? fish. That's my muskie nothing. call. Nothing. I was like, well, you just ran yours into a, you know, a, a hundred year old tree stump. And I went it's through petri- a week. It's petrified, petrified wood. It's essentially <laughs> rock right yeah, now. It's rock. And I, I went through a couple weeds and uh, <laughs> mine's broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are not. I mean, that that situation you had, Vance, was something. Something was going on there. Yeah, they're not. I, I just, mean, it, it's I'm, not a delicate. Yeah, you, you don't have to worry about them. I mean, I I, I always buy a, a spare prop for whichever one I have in case you break the prop. Mm-hmm. Broke a prop one time, a troll in another lake. And we broke it when we were taking the, the uh, tarp off the boat. Yeah. And we were running around trying to find a prop because it was a trolling motor lake, so I had to have the trolling motor, and that's when I started getting a... That wasn't my boat. That was a friend of mine's boat. But uh, and we cracked the prop, and you'll find out that if you do crack one of those, it's... They don't run well. It's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> it does a whole lot of vibrating. But... Uh, but... I guess my review, so far I've had one, two, three, four Minn Kotas, minimal problems. I like them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there was a time that when I was in Todd's boat, when he had his new motor guide, I told Todd this, I almost sold my 80-pound thruster over to get yeah. one of his. And it's like they're silent. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, uh, they're, they're so silent and so... They are different. I mean, yeah, they're different. You know, I, I got to fish with... Uh, I used I had Minn Kotas all along, other than that first one some ten years ago that my grandpa had. But uh, uh, I got to fish with with Andy with his. I got to fish with Vance with his a little bit, and uh, yeah, it, it it there's no doubt it's like I can hear when I'm in the back of the boat and Vance is running his trolling motor. I can tell when it's on. Yeah, you can hear it. I in can't like the hear two mine. And, yeah. if there's something. If I, I mean, to me. You know, for me, doing the guiding, there's a lot of times, you know, it makes a little beep, beep. It makes a little beep noise when I turn it on. There's a lot of times I'm peeking around to see whether that thing's on or not because I cannot hear it running. Yeah. And it steers uh, much faster. I, I would say much faster. It, it steers quicker than the Tarovas, and the Tarovas steal pretty fast compared to yeah. a power drive. I've been up on, on yeah. that, on uh, the bow of... Uh, Todd's London, that thing, he'll make an adjustment. That thing turns on a dime. And, you know, I, it, I, it, I, I, I think I've said it on this, this podcast, like that thing, I'm like, does that thing have like a, a problem with me? It's staring at me all of a sudden. I'm like, <laughs> it just like turns its yeah. head like, what did you say? Like, what did, you yeah. know, I'm yeah. like, like you talking to like me? Leave, leave me alone, man. R2-D2 looking at you. Yeah. It's a sleek setup. It's cool. Yeah, it's, it's. You know, they, they they both have their their strengths. They both have their weaknesses. I, I don't. I'm probably not going to make the change to the motor guide. Yeah. Because like Todd just made fun of me. I've had more trolling <laughs> motors in the last ten years. You never know. Yeah, you never. And know. I don't fish that much. So really, I got the motor I wanted because your motor hadn't even come out yet. That. Mm-mm. So I I got it pre. XI5 I made here. a big I made a big step there. That was the, the 
I bought the motor. It was only out for a short time. A short time when I bought it. I mean, that's a big step for me. They're in stores and whatnot now. They're they're awesome. They are really really cool cool units. Do you have? I mean, you used yours a lot. I, I think I remember telling you you're going to cast more since you don't have to be up there like a flamingo running the cable yeah. drives. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with the cable drives, but I, I can see where the bass guys, like my buddy Eric, he's like, I can't, I can't go to those electric steers. He goes, I'm in and out of stumps, in and out of docks. I need that to steer now. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to have that with electric. Mm-mm. You're not. Yeah. But if you're working long weed edges, you know, and the other thing, like I'm going to bring up this iPilot real quick because I don't want to get too far away from it. There's been days that I'm like, I like this, this drift. It's not really a drift because I will force my will upon any wind yeah. and fish the way I want to fish. Yeah. And I will mark out a trail, record it. And I, don't, I should do this on some of my lakes. I can do the whole lake with one trail. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I don't do it more often. But I record a trail. And I would just tell it, go to start, turn, and it goes, follows the thing. And I you cast. have your whole fishing day right there. And if I'm like, this thing isn't pulling me quick, this 30 mile an hour wind will screw you. Go to 10. Yeah. I am going to go this route. Yeah. And it will, it will do well enough. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the big thing why I kind of told Vance that, Vance, you're going to need this iPilot. And he actually getting the iPilot link one step up. Which I had no idea I was getting. You had no idea you were getting it, but you got <laughs> top of the line stuff. But <clears throat> yeah, so like when I was telling Todd, you're going to be casting more because you can run this thing from your hip. Mm-hmm. And Todd, were you casting more? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, we casted more because that's where the fish were going. But mm-hmm. there's no doubt. I mean, it was it, it was it was it, it's nice to be able to do. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I would say that I, I, I can see the bass fishing guys' uh, point there, though. You know, if I was actually tournament fishing or I'm trying, if I'm up working up front trying to fish. Probably going to use that foot pedal. That foot pedal would be nicer. And the foot pedals on these remote ones are not the same as that cable. They just aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as responsive. Yeah, they're just, I mean, you know, you, you jump on your foot, you can stand there, and you, you, you're pushing back and forth. Those other ones, you got to lean your foot to one side or the other. you got to do, you know, it, it's a lot more subtle. It's harder to actually fish while you're doing it, I, I would say. That's why I can see that, the, you know, the bass guys, most of them, just, they still have the cable drives on there. Mm-hmm. But as musky fishermen, we're, we're, we're normally not doing that. I mean, I, I, I've sort of... I haven't used my foot pedal a lot, but it is a lot different than the, uh, you know, than like a cable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me in a situation where I'm always putting somebody up front and running out of the back and it's just a tap tap on the, uh, on the button. Or if I'm not fishing at all and I'm just standing in the middle of the boat, it's, I mean, it's just awesome. I, I just sit there and, you know, take a nap. You can just maneuver the boat around, uh, if we're using a raptor and you're fishing and you stop in the middle of the cast and just reach down, lots of times you'll get hit. 
And that's a different thing too, using those handheld ones. It it kind of screws with your your cadence occasionally when you're when you're jerking and casting and whatnot. You got you have to make yeah. an adjustment. You're gonna have to take a hand off that reel. I try to time it. Yeah. When the bait is just at its like deepest jerk. Or... Well, I try to do it when I cast. Like when I'm casting, yeah. I'll reach down and try to make an adjustment. But mm -hmm. you know, my the the Tarova pedal is is kind of confusing because it's a it's a mix between like the rocker style push pull cable yeah. and the power drive. Mm -hmm. And I will I've caught myself more this year when I did have the boat out making subtle adjustments with that rather than taking my hands off. But I always have mine on autopilot. Yeah. I, I'm tired of going in circles. I will say autopilot, and I will just make corrections to autopilot. Mm -hmm. And it might use more batteries, but I don't care. Yeah. I just... But, Keep yeah. It, plugged in all the time. It's Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, when I was using the cable, I mean, I, I stood up front, ran the cable, uh, never missed a beat. You take your foot off. You know, I would take my foot off as the boat was... A, as the bait was approaching the boat, uh, do your figure eight, do whatever. And I was back on making my adjustment while I was casting, while I was fishing. When it comes up, lifted my foot off. Yeah, you know, so there's a little difference there. Yeah, there was there were times. I mean, and I've never had a push pull cable, but like some of the spots I've taken you to this year fishing in, in my my little water, if we get a fish, oh. I can. I can control the boat while we're messing around with the fish. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like yeah. I'm 100 yards from shore, and if I blow in 50 yards, who cares? It's I got five feet to, to hit this gap, yeah, and I got a current, yeah. and yeah. I, so I mean, to me, it, it's it's you know, we're not trying to sell a trolling motor with this, but we're just trying to give why we have what we have. Yeah. And to me, I don't think I could go with anything else but an electric steer, mm. because I. I'm in and out ducking. I've I've laid down in my boat and driven under stuff with it. Yeah, and um, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of fun. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's just stuff stuff we used. So I love it. I can't wait to I can't wait to get out and learn some more about what's hanging off the front of my boat. Oh my gosh, you 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 got so much stuff you can do with yours. Yeah. I we got to get the cable. We got to hook it up. Yeah. And you won't even use half of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody can use to the full extent. It's I don't like, know if I'm going to use all that stuff. It's like I'm a, more excited about just being able to use the use a boat. Yeah, stand in the back and control the thing and all that. I bet you I could like self-launch the boat with that that key fob too. If you could, if you if you deployed the motor, you don't have an Alterova. Yeah, which can auto deploy. It can auto deploy. And but trip. if I synced it up enough, where I synced it up, you enough. know, if I like, if I hung it down low enough, just to just to graze the top of the water without hitting a trailer or anything like that, I, I want, I'm wondering if I could. Maybe. Well, I can I can tell you this about mine. I I've had my boat since uh, 2002. I never caught a fish out of the back of my boat till this year. Really. Casting. Yeah. No. No, because I was always—I was never not in the front of my boat. Yeah, <laughs> running my foot pedal. That's cool. Uh, and this year, I cut a lot of them out of the back of the boat. <laughs> That's awesome. And I cut a couple out of the front. The front this year. Yeah. Yeah. 
Nice. Trolling well, motors. I dig them. That's, that's our reviews. That's real life. Take what you want from it. Real life use. Real life use. I abuse mine. Vance take care of his. Still breaks. Watch out for them weeds. Make, <laughs> make sure you, you t- take your prop off every time you run through a weed. And if there's a down tree, you can stop your boat at six miles an hour yeah. with a trolling motor. Yeah, you can but run don't it hit them at, weeds. At ten mile an hour. You can hit hit a whole stump, petrified wood. But if you see those weeds, boy, stay clear. Stay clear. Use that that autopilot and map it out so you're really far away from them. Yeah, the fish don't like the weeds anyway. They just get in their way. Yeah. I did. I did have probably three clients. Like as I'm doing this, you know, I have someone fishing out of the front. And I'm not, I'm in the back running the motor with the little key fob thing, and I, you know, I'll tell them, you know, that motor is probably on. So when you bring the bait up towards the front, you know, don't, you know, because I always can't just turn it on and off because I'm making adjustments. I'm looking at two different guys casting it. Uh, probably maybe three, maybe four times this year. I had guys up front that, uh, I mean, sometimes it got me. The one guy was like, oh, gosh, it's a big one. And the, <laughs> the, rod, the rod was just bent down the front of the boat, <laughs> line peeling out. And I hit the stop button, and it quit. He said, oh, it got off. And I'm like, oh, boy. When that happens, you should screw with him. You're like, are you sure? And then hit it max. Yeah. Turn it back. No, He'd probably let go of the rod, and your rod goes in the Yeah, you're right. They're telling Vance to take his prop off every time. I probably, I don't even know if I ever had to prop off my last one. It was on there for uh, 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had to take my prop off a couple times this year because that motor was on, and people didn't realize that they let it drift into the motor. and mm. Yeah. It will spin some line off. Yeah. That little guy spins fast. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when someone's pretending it's a fish for five seconds. Yeah. Nice. Love well, it. hour and 50 minutes. We're going to wrap this one up. Yeah. All right. Fatty Z Muskie products on Facebook. FattyZMuskie.com. MCFishingGuides.com. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides on Facebook. Like it. Love it. Share it. And uh, friend Todd Young. You can see the fish catching machine, talk to him himself. <laughs> I can just talk to you about gear stuff that I don't use. And <laughs> Vance, he's going to be catching fish with clients next year, hopefully. Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be part of MC Fishing Guides, hopefully. So You outed me. That You can't do that. How am I outing you? Aren't you oh, supposed to be taking God. clients? Okay, he's going to fail his test. You and outed me. I didn't, I didn't know that was a secret. <laughs> That's a big deal when you out somebody. Did what did I do? Did you ever see that Office episode with... I probably have, but I, I've seen Scott all of Michael Scott and Oscar. Oh, jeez, that one. God. Okay, everyone, Vance gets like a month off paid. <laughs> <laughs> all we'll, right. get into all that. we'll get into all that later. You got plenty of time. People yeah. forget. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Thanks for listening and uh, maybe good luck ice fishing here soon. Later. <laughs>